genre. Welcome back to the Cornetal Minute, a daily podcast where we have crawled our way to the bitter end of the world's end, investigated the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz, and reviewed and reanimated the Zom Rom Com Shaun of the Dead, all one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. <laughs> Super throwback. Yep. Full uh, circle. Today we're preparing to annihilate the final regular episode of this podcast. Yes. Um, the credits are rolling on the world's end. We're not going to really be talking about the world's end in, in any specificity mm-hmm. um, today. So it'll be a lot like a normal episode. Of yeah, <laughs> sure. This, is, this really is uh, more about uh, us sort of wrapping up the entirety of the Cornetto Minute um, mm-hmm. as, a, uh, as a podcast. This three-part odyssey that we went on. Yeah, this is, this is the final episode. And uh, the final episode of our Movies by Minute careers. Yes. Yeah. Our um, six-part odyssey. Our six-part odyssey. and uh, with, two three-part odysseys. Yes. Or two three... Yeah, I said that right the first time. Yeah. With, uh, with my, my bonus three-part uh, yeah. odyssey because I'm, an, I'm a crazy person. Spider-Man in it. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first thing I want to talk about... Please. Is looking back at the Cornetto trilogy as a whole. Yes. What does it all mean? What is what does the Cornetto trilogy mean? Like, what is is there is there a deeper meaning that we should be looking at when we think of the Cornetto trilogy? Is it just a collection of films? Is it just the uh, you know uh, English version of you know the um, the Jersey trilogy? Do you remember <laughs> when that when it was just a trilogy? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, or or is there is there a deeper meaning to these films? Like what? What what do we what can we look at the three films and what what do they represent to us? What do they represent amongst each other? Um, what 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 do you think? I guess well, when I think of the Cornetto trilogy, I think of two. I, I think of the collaboration between Frost and Peg and Wright, sure, uh, as well as so many other people and filmmakers that were a part of of two or three of these, but. You know, I, I think about their collaboration, mm-hmm. and I think about how it was a trilogy that kept reinventing roles for themselves. Sure, where Peg and Frost were allowed to play different characters each time. Sure, and but then I also think of all of the the thematic similarities and motifs that we found. <clears throat> right, talking about these three movies, themes of control, mm-hmm. themes of rebellion, right, and individuality. Right, I guess what I would be most curious about if I could ever sit down with Ryder Peg is asking if they found those similarities while making this trilogy right. or if it was only after the fact and they themselves thought of these as three loosely connected movies. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think all three play with genre in interesting ways. That's very true. Um, I think all three, like you said, deal with conformity in different ways, mm-hmm. um, either as a, uh, as a sort of 
you know, in the case of Shaun of the Dead, the idea of conformity is something that you're running away from. Mm-hmm. In uh, uh, the idea of um, in, in in Hot Fuzz, the idea of conformity is literally like it, it's it's in a it's like an oppressive. The thing, this phantom oppressive specter, right? That you can't escape from, right? And it controls everything around you, right? And in fact, the conformity, the way the conformity is dealt with in Hot Fuzz and in World's, World's End. End are kind of similar, definitely. Right? The, the blanks have a lot in common with the NWA, right? I guess it's just taking it a step farther and also, in a way, playing it a bit straighter. Yeah. Whereas the NWA are inherently comic and ridiculous, which is which is in itself ridiculous because they're literally at least the network is saying like, okay, we are going to kill you, but we're going to put your mind in a blank body, and then we're just going to make you fit. Yeah. It's like we're basically going to lobotomize you in a way, and make you know, you, uh, and, and make you conform. Yeah. Whereas in Hot Fuzz, it's like either you conform or we just get rid of you because we don't actually need you here. Mm-hmm. You know. And the, and the juxtaposition of that with like they're trying to win the Village of the Year award, right? Is right. So. So kind of, and that, and that's also a thing that I think is important to say about the Cornetto trilogy is they are all, they are all uniquely British. Yes, and about Wright and Peg's take on they, they seem like a, a lifetime of their experience growing up in their country. Yeah, they wanted to make comedies about their culture. Yeah, in ways that I think are very interesting to me. Where Shaun of the Dead is sort of a love letter to the Great British Reserve, mm-hmm. and Hot Fuzz is sort of right. Almost in a Tim Burton kind of way, returning back to his neighborhood and poking holes in the perfection. Right. In the same way that Tim Burton is still very much fixated on his childhood in Burbank. Right. And the identical houses. Right. Right kind of looks at the picturesque villages. Mm-hmm. But even as an American, I can look as a as romantic of like, oh, yeah, the English countryside. I'm sure. Right. It's like, I grew up there. It's kind of bullshit. Right, right. Um, and then World's End is kind of taking – a much more macro look at things. Yeah. But it's also very much about like the death of British pop culture. Sure. And, and that kind of, that, in, that, that in, whole thing. individualism. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, that idealized like, this is, this is, this village, this pub's been up since 1294. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's sort of the difference, right? Between what the NWA is doing and what the network is doing is that the NWA, mm-hmm. the NWA are all about the greater good, right? Yes. Which they say all the time. But like the idea of, um, we're all about the macro. Like you can be an individual as long as the individual that you are fits our yes, aesthetic. As long as you're not a threat. As long as you're not you're not a threat to the greater good, mm-hmm. everything's fine. Like we don't be as individual as you want. I mean, there are lots of kooky characters in yeah. the, in that town, and it didn't seem to bother anybody. Yeah, but but as, but as soon as you stepped out of that li- yes. out of line, that's when they were like, okay, enough of that. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Um, whereas the network is anti-individualist, yeah. right? Network is is very much this sort of. It doesn't represent- matter if you're good or bad, right? It doesn't matter. You have to be the same as everybody, or mm-hmm. none of this is going to work, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and so that's that's a it's a different take. It is it, it it's interesting because I the thing that stuck out to me was you talking about like macro versus micro. I was thinking about NWA, and I was like I was like oh their their focus is macro, but. Their macro is micro compared to the network's yeah. macro. They're, they're, yeah. I, and I guess that's also kind of where they're, they're – why they're inherently more funny than nefarious or yeah, scary. Yeah. Right. Is that, yeah, they're like Team Rocket. Yeah, they're totally. S- they're so hyper-focused on something that does not matter outside of their world. Totally, totally. And they have no interest in control. They have of like, expanding to other villages. Yeah. Or anything because they – like, no, Stanford's the best. Sure. Of course. Uh, yeah, and that, that that's interesting. Yeah, and in and, and in terms of the um 
in terms of the characters uh, and the character arcs of of each of these films, you know, you look at Shaun of the Dead and Shaun desperately needs to get out of his 20s, right? And and become an adult, become a contributing member of society, um, do things that adults are supposed to do, like propose to this girlfriend and, you know, go on real dates and not just the same pub all the time, get out of a rut, right? Yeah. And uh, that movie is literally like the the representation of being in a rut are the zombies, right? Of like trying to drag him back into a rut or forcing him to change. And yeah. then you get to Hot Fuzz and you have a person who has already has changed. He's he's he has an adult. He's a very responsible adult and he has to learn to like chill out. You yeah. know? Totally the perfect antithesis to Sean. And then when you get to the world's end, you literally have both characters, both uh uh Sean and um Sean and Nicholas Angel represented, whereas Gary is you know, sort of a combination of the two characters, as we talked about at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. in that he is very anti crossing that threshold into adulthood, but also very active about that, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, Sean, you can describe him in many ways, but active is definitely not one of the things you would describe him no. as, right? Um, whereas Nicholas Angel is is almost too active. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you have Gary in that or in that that place of of the combination of these two characters, but just from a, a the specificity of adulthood and crossing that threshold into adult, adulthood, you had Nicholas Angel who went too far, Sean who hasn't done anything yet, and and so then that's there's Gary. Gary is much more in the uh, uh, on the on the side of the threshold that Sean is, mm-hmm. but all of his friends are on the other side of the threshold. They are on the Nicholas Angel side of things. Yeah, where they make their bed every day. They they eat brand cereal. Sure. Adults. But then, and then, and Steven specifically is so far into the Nicholas Angel side of things that he's practically retired already. Yeah. You know, yeah. he sold his company. Like he's kind of done. Mm-hmm. At 40. Uh, at, at 40, which is insane. Yeah. Um, and... You know, I think that it's I think it's interesting that you, the first film was all about learning to cross that threshold in your own way. Um and and but needing that push that's going to do it, mm-hmm. right? And then Hot Fuzz was a lear- was was about learning to go back the other way. Um and maybe maybe not cross the threshold all the time or yeah. at least find times when it's appropriate to cross the threshold and when it's not. Balance. Right, balance. Um, and this film is about both sides learning to sort of meet in the middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that marriage between adulthood and hanging out with your friends and, 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 and yeah, re- refusing to conform entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And keeping that that spark of individuality. Right. Right. Yeah. I and I think it's interesting how they've seen the mature as filmmakers and storytellers as the movies progressed, mm-hmm. even like their canvas. Mm-hmm. If you look at Shaun of the dead, the canvas is very late, like, like college, early twenties. Sure. Where it's like, you're the, the tables are messy. Yeah. You're smoking weed all the time. You're yeah. Playing, you're playing PS2. Sure. You're going to the gas station to get junk food and come back. Yeah. And then if you, and the hot fuzz is so focused that you almost don't have time for any of that. Right. Cause it's such like a farce and a spoof. Right. And then when you come back, World's End starts out kind of in a similar canvas to Sean, where it's the real world again. Mm-hmm. But you, I find that everyone's 
evolved past Shaun of the Dead era, mm-hmm. where they're all grown up, they all have kids, they all have real jobs. They're all sort of almost looking back at the, the Shaun, Shaun of the era. Like, oh, those are the days. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really does feel like a, uh, uh, you know, a a like lifetime where it's yeah. immaturity, maturity, nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No you know about it like that, but yeah, yeah. It's really it, it is really interesting in that way. Um, I think one of our largest criticisms remain, uh, which is, you know, it needed more female characters, but yeah. at the same time, they are what they are and, and they're about what they wanted them to be about. Mm-hmm. And, and forcing I, female characters into that isn't necessary. It isn't always the right move if that's not what your story is about. Yeah. You know? And I think the, the, any film is a product of not just the time that it was made, but sure. the person that made it. Sure. And I think all three of these, Using Wright and Peg and Frost as the as the mastheads, I guess. Yeah, have evolved and are you know Wright has made a decided point to work with more and more female writers and yeah. hopefully cast members and I mean already last night in Soho right female co writer uh, two female leads yeah yeah that's 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 big and then he has another movie coming up right after that with a female co writer two female co like two two movies with a female co writer right yeah yeah the the thriller the chain yeah the chain and then the one that was just announced recently about the ghost about the ghost yeah that's exciting yeah yeah I, so I think that's great so I you know and I think you know marking a criticism isn't the same as damning the whole project no, which I, no. I i i think has unfortunately become a side effect of film discourse nowadays yeah, yeah. is i where yeah. where 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 criticism i think the di- the difference and and i think that this is this is a larger conversation about criticism in general but i find that there are a lot of film critics um and and people who receive criticism mm-hmm. and they uh they they consider it, criticism a synonym with judgment. Yes. Yeah. Various. Yeah. Um, and I think I think some film critics do this. They mm-hmm. are when they criticize something, they are passing a judgment on it. And part of that mm-hmm. has to come with the fact that, like, well, the only way that I'm going to get this review up is if I have a score at the end. So in a way, I am making passing a judgment. Right. All right. of these criticisms have to go into that score. Yeah. And it it's it's become a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. I think. You know. I think we are. We are um, far removed from uh, uh, a, a form of criticism that I more enjoy. There are some writers, mostly female writers, to be honest, mm. um, people like Priscilla Page, who write criticism in the truest sense of like, no one asked me to write about this movie. I'm just going to write about it. You know, yeah. Priscilla Page does that. Um, and, and you have people like Patrick Willems and, mm. and um, uh, Mikey Newman right. who do video essays in the same way. Um, but explore that explore and and yeah, find valid criticism. But it's it's without judgment. It, yeah, you know? it's exploratory. Like this is a thing someone made, right? And and I think that's so much more interesting than criticism. That is like, here's the thing about these movies: they don't have as that many char- women characters in it, and the women characters they do have are pretty two dimensional. So these are bad. Yeah, that's that's silly because just because just because the movies don't have female characters doesn't mean adding female characters would have made the movies any better. Mm-hmm. It's just adding them for the sake of adding them. The mm-hmm. story that they're telling are about men, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. The problem is you There's you are so you, much right. Yeah. You're passing judgment on these particular mm-hmm. movies for a problem for 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 a problem that all film has. Yes, right. Which is that there there aren't enough. 
uh, uh, women telling their stories. Exactly. Painting, exactly. painting from their canvas. Exactly. And so, therefore, there is imbalance. Right, right. Um, and so that's just like I think that's a general that's a that's a criticism of criticism. Sure, yeah. yeah. Where where you know, it's I don't I, I believe that most film critics love film. Yeah, I think you have to. Sure, no, you're not doing it for the money. You're not yeah. doing you're not doing it to get patted on the back at a restaurant. Anymore. Of course, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there is the film critic for slash film dot com. Right, right, right. Buy that man a drink. Right. I just think that it's due to the internet. Yeah, I think clicks have trying to get those clicks has um, caused film criticism to evolve into a state that passes judgment on every single thing that it's writing about Mm. rather than meeting it where it's at. Right. Where we have, I guess to use the same example, same, a similar case, both sides, you know, someone writing, I have seen suicide squad and I have deduced that David Ayer is a bad person. Yeah. And then on the other side, there's David Ayer saying, I read this review of Suicide Squad. This person hates himself and is a failed human. Right. Like, both of those, to me, are overreactions. And inside, there could be a balance of, like, a mutual, mutual respect. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I think that, you know, there are some film critics, and this is something that, you know, I learned in college, mm-hmm. in, in that, you know, some, some criticism views criticism from the, from the idea of, like, it is irrelevant who made this, why they made it, and what the means of producing it were. Mm-hmm. All that matters is the text. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like the text, then everyone who made it was a failure, mm. which I think is ridiculous. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like that David Ayer example. Mm-hmm. It's like, guys, are, are you really telling me that you watched that movie and thought that was David Ayer's movie? Like, yeah, yeah like it looks like a David Ayer movie because all of his movies kind of look the same. Mm-hmm. But – um, like it's not structured anything like a David Ayer movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a David Ayer movie. And if you can't tell the difference, then that's that's an issue. Mm-hmm. And and to say, oh, David Ayer is a bad person because he made Suicide Squad. It's like, well, but did he make Suicide Squad, right. or did he film all the footage that they made Suicide Squad out, out of? <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's like, and that matters. That yeah. matters. Context matters. Mm-hmm. And all of this is to say that I, I uh, you know, looking back, I think that we had a lot of criticism for the, for this trilogy sure. of films, and I think rightfully so. But none of that criticism, I believe, was us passing judgment on these three movies that we absolutely head over heels adore. Yeah, and by and by artists and filmmakers that we have so much respect for. Yes. Yeah. And whenever we say things like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if this character was played by this female act, like this actress or yeah. whatever, what we're saying is. More like, yeah, we we love this movie as is, but it, we really want these creators to do better. We want them to yeah. learn that like this kind of isn't good enough anymore. And I think mm. they kind of have. Yeah. Over the course of these three movies, we've had you know three projects announced by <laughs> Edgar right. Wright that he uh, is co-writing or or whatever mm-hmm. co-creating with a female. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 producer or well, she's always worked with a female producer. Right, Nira Park. Good, good, good old Nira. Yeah, but, who, but who we be, co-writers who shouldn't be whose contributions to this trilogy shouldn't be undersold. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I think you know it's impossible for us to a good producer's work is hard to tell on the screen. Sure, I, I think it's. You know, it's more looking back at the at just like all of their work and yeah. being like, whoa, the, yeah, the team that she was able to help assemble, right, and the work that she was able to do, and the the 
The amount of classic British films yeah. that Nira has her name on is in a decade? In a, in, a decade in like two change? decades. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two decades. Nuts. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um everything from, you know, uh, uh Bridget Jones to the Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. And that's to say nothing of some American films like Scott Pilgrim and Baby right. Driver, yeah. right? Um I mean Baby Driver, I think everybody probably wishes their name wasn't on anymore. Sure. But <laughs> but uh that being said, at the time, yeah. you know, and like we'll see what time does to that movie. Right, right, true. You know, true. I mean, look what's happening with Cocoon. <laughs> What's happening with Cocoon? Apparently, you can't find it. Apparently, it's like not streaming anywhere, and you can't get it on Amazon. Interesting. So it's kind of like getting erased from existence. Interesting. You know, I used to always get Cocoon and and um, species. No, no, Cocoon and batteries not included. Confused. Oh, I see. Yeah, I used to get those confused Got all it. the time when I was a kid. I bet those are both shot by Dean Cundy. I bet you're probably right. I don't know. I uh, I, at least one of them is. Yeah, I would yeah. say for sure. But yeah, and and I was so. You know, heading in had on the heels of Back to the Future Minute, which was such a great success for us. Mm-hmm. I think we were coming more from a place of passion with this. Yes, you know, as much as we love the Back to the Future movies, more I should say mutual passion. Mutual passion. I was definitely coming to to Back to the Future with passion, but I think you were coming to it more of like I mean, sure. I like these. Yeah, okay. And then over the course of it, you found your passion for those movies. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Which, I think I found my passion for the trilogy. Yes, I was always I always held the first one in really high regard. Sure, it's almost difficult to imagine what I thought about those movies before doing that podcast. Sure, but I remember just like, oh yeah, Back to the Future. That's like one of the tightest movies of all time. Yeah, it's yeah, so fun. Yeah, and then getting to yeah, the trilogy was so much fun. But yeah, but th- this was. Yeah, it was more focused. Mm -hmm. And I think we kind of understood what the mission statement of this podcast was. Mm -hmm. Again, mutually quicker than Back to the Future Minute. Yeah. So we were kind of able to hit the ground running. Yeah. And I think this one had a little less rambling and a little less uh, world building. Sure. And flights of fancy. Sure. And more just like criticism. Well, yeah. And there was was less to do in that department with these movies. Yeah. You know, there was a little bit, um, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't leave a lot of gaps to be filled the way the Back mm-hmm. to the Future trilogy did um, in a mythology sense. There's yeah, not a yeah. lot of mythology in these. I mean, I, I would say this one probably had the most. That's very true. You know, yeah. but in, you know, really, well, that's true. I, there was a lot of, we, we built a lot of mythology in the NWA stuff. That's like true. the history we of. We filled of, in a lot of gaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Shaun of the Dead had the least mythology. There was the idea of us filling in, like, what was going on outside of the Shaun drama. and his group. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was in, that it interested us any, any more than it interested the filmmakers. And that's why it's not in there. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was just different. This was, this was a really fun podcast to do and I'm really proud of it. I'm happy that I never got bored with it. Yeah, absolutely. Going into three more, Mm -hmm. I was a little like, here we go. But it was, it went by pretty fast. It went by pretty fast. The idea that we've been doing this for three years is pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And like, I'm so grateful for the listeners that stuck with us through these, through these three Mm-hmm. The listeners that we found and, and, and held on to that listened to us talk about these movies minute by minute. Yeah. It shouldn't be understated that that's, I don't know, that's, that's pretty, kind of insane. Pretty crazy to me. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, all right. So a couple of fun things I want to I wanna talk about. These were things suggested by listeners. So first one is, um, what if we, like, these these movies should not have sequels. No. None but, of them. but, but if if we were to make sequels to these movies, 
what would they be? What do you what do you think? Let's talk through what we think each one's okay. sequel could be. Is there a way to build a Cornetto sequel trilogy? Great. Where we do a sequel to each one and they in themselves are all yeah. thematically connected yeah. in some way. Like the universally beloved Star Wars sequel trilogy. Exactly. Yes. The 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 trilogy that everybody loves every single entry in. Yeah. As much as the original films. Yeah. To quote President Barack Obama, they brought the world together. <laughs> in a time when we needed it most. <laughs> Um, so, so, um, I guess let's start at the top. Shaun, so, of, the Shaun of the Dead. I'm imagining you can't ignore time. Yeah. So I think you, you film, you set that in 2020s time. Mm-hmm. Shaun is, Shaun and Liz are now parents. Oh, interesting. Maybe even Shaun's daughter is like a teenager. Interesting. And like going into high school or something. Okay. Yeah. And maybe she was born like in, in 05, 06, 07 times. Sure. You know? And there is another pandemic. Okay. Of some type. Of some type. And now it's like World War Z. Interesting. Where Sean has to be a dad. Interesting. And he has to, and now he's entered frazzled dad mode. I kind of like that. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I, what is that other pandemic? Is it another zombie pandemic? Because the zombies are still around. They haven't gone anywhere. That's the, true. Maybe. Theoretically, Ed is still in the shed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Ed's like the family dog. Yeah. What if, here's the thought. So, for a long time, and and it is it is uh, hinted at in mm-hmm. um, in uh, uh, into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. For a long time, they talked about if we ever made a sequel to Shaun of the Dead, it would be f- from called Dust from, Til- from Dust Till Shaun. Yeah. So, is the sequel about vampires? Is the other pandemic vampirism? From Dust Till Dawn is about a family road trip. That's true. Um. Yeah, I think so. I, I really like the idea of vampirism as a disease, kind of similar to The Strain, sure. which I'm not super familiar with. I've never seen the show. I read the book. I watched a couple of episodes and then lost interest. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. that, that kind of treats vampirism as pathology. Yes. As like it's an outbreak. It's a disease. So I really like that. And I like the idea of maybe Sean and Liz took their kids to America. Mm-hmm. And maybe they are kind of in the Southwest, kind of from Dust Till Dawn vibes. Okay. And yeah, I just really like the idea of I love that first hour of World War Z. Yeah. Where it is you have Brad Pitt and Mira Lanyos together as like a unit. Yeah. I really love the first hour and the last hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. When he's like by himself, that's yeah. so great. Yeah. But yeah, and like the idea of Sean being a dad is funny to me. Mm-hmm. Of him still being in over his head. Yeah. But he has grown. Yeah. And he does love his family and he wants to keep them together. Yeah. And it could be about how I can only imagine how it feels to be a parent now in 2020. Yeah. Of every parent kind of feels like they're in a zombie movie. Right. Like, we just have to stick to the plan. Yeah. We just have to do this because yeah. the TV said. Yeah. And I'm like, but then my phone says this. Like, I don't care about the fucking phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, I also really. I like the idea. Like I've been through one of these before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I also really like the idea that the zombies haven't like rotted away. No. Like the idea that in 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 the Shaun of the Dead version of zombies, they step. You become a zombie, and yeah, if you get injured, the injury stays that way. You don't heal, mm-hmm. but you never get any worse. Like yeah, yeah. you just stay the way you are, right? And that feels very similar to the world, our world, and the world that that movie created, which is like, yeah, we wouldn't get rid of the problem; we would just push it away, right, and forget about it, right, right. Um, and so, I, I also wonder if you could make a, maybe this is a little too like blockbuster cinema kind of way, no, no. but I think I think there's a way that you could you could, um, maybe 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 tweak it just to be. A lot more personable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess to like the overall story, 
I just don't remember. There's not a lot of MacGuffins in these movies. If, yeah, if, if, it's uh, a very character centric, very character centric, and and um, two of the three are about going on a quest of some sort. Mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead, the quest to get to the, the Winchester, pub, yeah. and and then of course the Golden Mile to get the thirteen Winchesters. Right, right. <laughs> um, but if you are, if what if, what if there was like what if to connect to the first film, mm-hmm. the vampirism virus, right? It it actually heals zombies and turns them back. Oh, human. so Sean thinks he can get Ed back, right? But like it would turn them into a vampire, but they would be like human again yeah you know they wouldn't be like monsters is vampirism the cure for zombieism yeah but only but only in zombies if a if a human gets bit by a vampire then they turn into whatever the monster vampire is Mm -hmm. um that is in the in the movie presumably in a in a version of of this where it's treating vampirism as a as a pathology you would assume that they would be kind of monstrous more like blade vampires than twilight vampires right well i i was just thinking like actually like not really a lot of lot going on upstairs okay yeah yeah like a little more animalistic yeah but but for zombies it 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 just heals their their kind of balances out. yeah balances out right right right. um yeah that could be on the news right and the idea is that like sean the thing that pushes sean out of the house Mm -hmm. because i like your idea of him being like no we're not doing anything this I've done one of these before. I left and all of my friends died. We're not leaving. And then realizing that vampirism could heal zomb- zombies and looks at Ed and is like, I owe it to him. I owe it to him to do this. Liz, we owe it to him. He's the reason we're alive. Right. He sacrificed himself to save us. Right. He 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 deserves his life back. Yeah. And just the idea of of like going out and yeah. doing that. Uh, for some reason, my my the thing that popped in my head for a title is Sean's Across America. Sean's Across America. <laughs> Does it make any sense? No. We never learned Sean's last name, or we did, but it's not in the. It's not. Yeah, it's not in the movie. I, I, it's, no, it's, it's something. Beasley. I think it's something Irish. Okay. If I remember correctly. Um, Ohulahan. <laughs> I mean, really, it is. It's <laughs> like something. It's like O'Cloud or something like that. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Cool. But yeah, that that makes me. Uh, I really like all of that. Mm-hmm. That's. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, because it feels like it's using – it would be against – it's in the Cornetto nature to ag- acknowledge the passing of time. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of like 48, 49-year-old Sean. Yeah. And the idea of getting Liz back and more importantly, Diane back. Yeah. And like maybe Diane's there with them. Yeah. And I just feel like there's so much room for new characters. Yeah. If they're in America, we can get American character actors in there. Sure. Like Jamie Foxx. Sure. Like some, some, some like baby driver people. Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Yeah. They all get, because like my gut tells me that for some reason it would be like in America is like a wasteland, but Canada is where they're doing the, the, the blood transfusions or whatever. Oh. So they have to get through America. Like to get Canada. to Toronto. Yeah. And like Michael Sarah's there to meet them. Yeah. Yeah. As like their guy. <laughs> yeah. That'd be pretty great. Um, okay, so that's so that's from Dust Till Sean. Mm-hmm. All right, so what or Sean's is across America? Yeah, or Sean's across America. What is Hot Fuzz? What is the sequel to Hot Fuzz? I feel like we talked a little bit about this in the show, but I can't mm-hmm. remember any of it. So it's not even worth trying to remember. Well, I think that I think that if you're going to make a sequel to Hot Fuzz, it has to be about Danny. Yes, I think. Yeah, that's... I think Danny needs to be the protagonist. Uh, I remember we were talking about like, what if they went to London? Mm-hmm. And like it was more of like a like a hard boiled John Woo, like urban. Right. We were talking about like the idea of of like switching genres mm-hmm. again, like mm-hmm. from from like it's not such a it's a different type of cop action. Yeah. Movie, right. Um. 
it's not a because this was like a gang warfare mm-hmm. uh, uh, type of thing. But the thing about Hot Fuzz is you have to mix it with another genre, so it can't just be comedy and action. There's also the slasher the, the element, secret slasher movie, right? But so there has to be something similar to that going on. Mm. But uh, you know what? It, what is that? So is that is that a slasher again? I don't know. So, Maybe something else. So when I think of Hot Fuzz One, I think of like Tony Scott, Michael Bay. And so uh, thinking about other kinds of cop movies, uh, I was thinking about like the more crime epic, if, something like The Untouchables or uh, Gangster Squad or Public Enemies or The Dark Knight or Heat. Sure. Yeah. Like, or, or, or like, like The Raid 2. The Raid 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where there's like a crime gang or a crime spree happening with like a Joker like villain at the center. Yeah, or like Kevin Spacey in Seven, that that Danny and Sean have to that uh, Danny and Nicholas have to go yeah. in and like catch and apprehend. That's interesting. Yeah, um, like a battle of wits where Nicholas Angel meets the Nicholas Angel of crime. Oh yeah, like the idea of like of like Nicol like Nicholas has turned down going back to London again and again. He yeah. was like he's like I I like it here. Yeah. I'm not I'm not coming back. And then London is finally just like, okay, we really can't London beat this guy without you. Nicholas, London has fallen. Yeah, London has fallen. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's like, okay, fine, but I'm bringing my best friend in the world, Danny Butterman, with me. Yeah. yeah. It almost feels like a diehard move where they bring they bring John McClane off out of retirement or something. Right. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, like, okay, like you're not you're here as a consultant, Nicholas. Like mm-hmm. we know you're not part of London PD anymore. Yeah. Uh whatever it's called. Yeah. Um and yeah, and like him and Danny are like in street clothes the whole time, right? And it's like Die Hard Three, where they're like racing around London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- Nicholas is is uh, is is married to Olivia Coleman now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Doris Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, and I I like the idea too of this being like a Danny a Danny Butterman like rom com. Oh, giving him – yeah, giving him a love interest. Yeah, like yeah. maybe another cop. Throwing the rom-com into like another part of yeah. it. Another, another, maybe that dip, re- another maybe part that re- of, yeah, another part of the trilogy. Yeah, maybe that replaces the slasher aspect. Ooh, yeah, that's true. It's a secret rom-com. Yeah. Um, and then you can get uh, uh, Jessica Hines Nay Stevens as, as uh, Danny's, Danny's uh, love, love interest. Yeah. I as, think that would be interesting. like the Danny of London. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or – or like maybe like the Danny of crime, the Danny of crime. Yeah. yeah, like instead of oh yeah, like the the she's like a true crime. Yeah, or or yeah yeah, she's like a true big true crime fan and like she's yeah, like pub- just really or she's like a published author. Yeah, or just like in, just like really dorky about it. You yeah. know, like has a Ooh. podcast or or yeah. or whatever. And like the way he was dorky about action <laughs> movies, she's dorky about like I, Zodiac. Yeah, and, yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, all right, so that's. What do we call what what's Hot Fuzz 2 called? Is it just Hot Fuzz 2? Hotter Fuzz. Hotter Fuzz. <laughs> uh, Hot Fuzz Streets of London. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's nice. Um okay, so that's our Hot Fuzz sequel. Mm. The sequel to The World's End. I mean, we almost talked about it earlier this week mm. with with the the blanks. With, yeah, with the new Golden Mile. Yeah. Um the next Golden Mile. Yeah, the king and his blank musketeers. Yeah. Um, which I imagine everyone would just go by their last name as a title, right? Like the king, the prince, the page, the page. The yeah, night, the knight, the chamberlain, the chamberlain, the knightly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like what? Yeah, like I, I'm imagining kind of like a children of men meets a willow, 
meets Mad Max. Meets Mad Max. Yeah. Because uh, like, we were talking a little bit about what if another outside group came to Gary and like, hey, I've heard that you're the king and these are your blanks and you guys are badasses. My grandfather is sick and we're, we need to get him to this the last hospital or this outpost. Will you help us? Mm. And it's like, that's kind of more like Road Warrior. The way- sure. But I, I also kind of like a quest. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that is that doesn't feel it just doesn't feel right. Like it, yeah. I, I think there needs to be a quest, mm-hmm. um, and I think that you got to bring the other guys back into it. Yeah, right? I really like that. Yeah, you got to like one by one. He has to go find the guys and and bring them into the quest somehow. Because blank Oliver and blank O man or blank Peter and blank O man would have every memory of right of the first movie. Right, right, right. Oh, maybe maybe the other. Uh, the other blanks, like in the beginning of the movie, all of the other blank, the blank musketeers all get slaughtered. Killed, yeah. Yeah. That's and heartbreaking. He, and so he has to go and find his old friends. And it's it's about – it really is about reckoning with the past and becoming like real friends again. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. It's not about – it's not about like having nostalgic – or know, what if the glasses? What if the blanks get? What if the other the blank musketeers get captured mm. by like anti blank like extremists, and they're going to like push them off a cliff or like kill them, right? Or send them to get like turned into like butter, okay, and or something Blue butter, yeah. And so he has to. That's his mission: is he has to save his musketeers. Mm. And it's like I know maybe you hate me, but are you really gonna let yourself die? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I don't. We don't care. We don't they're care. not real. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's. And then he has to like figure out like how to convince them yeah. to go he on. Yeah. He has this to lie thing. to them again. Yeah. 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 I think there's. I think there's something there. But I. I do really love the world that is set up at the end of that movie because that interests you more than like a resurgence where the blanks come back. Sure. Well, and I also think. Well, what if the quest then is. Uh, is about restarting society. What if right, yeah. Gary's like, look, I fucked up. All of this is my fault, but now I have a way to fix it, to to start us on the road to recovery, and I can do this, but I need all of your help. Yeah, what if this was like a Quest for Fire kind of movie? Right, yeah, yeah. That could be cool. Um, I, it, you know, it's funny. This is This is the only one, though, where it's like, I don't know where the comedy is. I mean, the comedy would be so character-centric and situational mm-hmm. that, like, much like The World's End, it's like, if you describe the plot yeah. of The World's End, it's like, well, why is it funny? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. And, like, just this world could be funny. Yeah. Of, like, like, the first scene... Of like him going back to get all the musketeers, but now here's what they're doing in the post-apocalyptic world. Sure. So O-Man doing a post-apocalyptic house tour. <laughs> Steven would be like trying to build houses again, but out of like dilapidated shit. Sure. Who Shacks. Knows? Shacks. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Andy's doing as a like not as not a lawyer anymore, but more of like a farmer. Yeah. Steven yeah. and Sam, what are they up to? Yeah. Yeah. But like just imagine that like as each of them see Gary again. Their reaction to him in that in that sort of mirroring of mm-hmm. of the first movie of the first movie their re, his their reaction to be to him would be the complete opposite. They would all be like smiles, Gary, Gary, like they would be excited. Yeah, to see him. yeah. Um, and that I think that alone is almost worth you seeing see, a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Just 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 to see that they actually love this guy. Yeah, again. because like they would it would be interesting to see O Man and Peter. Or I don't know. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they all would be happy to see him. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Especially Stephen and Andy. And I think and I think Sam is in the whole thing this time. Yeah, absolutely. I think she's on the quest with him. Great. Yeah, and like a big old camper. Yeah, 
Yeah. Which is also, I, I picture a camper being a big part of Sean's Across America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean's Across America kind of sounds like that disconnected movie that hasn't come out yet. That's true. A little bit. A little bit. Because it'd be really great if Sean's daughter was like a mixture of Liz and Sean. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Huh. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think those are good sequels. Yeah, I'd make all of them. <laughs> yeah, sure. What else was there to talk about? Um. Well, another question that we had was um, if we could go to a pub and hang out with any of the characters from any of these movies, which character would we want to hang out with the most? Uh. I mean, I, th- I, th- I think PC Doris Thatcher. <laughs> I feel like that would I, – I, I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I feel – because I just – I mean, you know, I think it would be funny for a little while. But I think hang out with her for like hours. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what about you? Um, man, it's tough. I don't know. Andy's? No, I don't think the I, – I feel like Danny. I Danny? feel like oh I, hell yeah there you go. I feel like Danny is the one um, that I would want to hang out with the most. Uh, yeah, like as far as like an individual person, right? Individual character. The real answer for me, I think, is um, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. Like oh, I would just want to go to a pub yeah. and have yeah. a drink with those guys. Definitely. But um, if we're talking about a character, I think it's got to be Danny. Danny. Yeah, I think Danny would be the most fun character Definitely. to hang out with because he can be. You can have a really earnest conversation with him and also just talk about movies. And yeah. either one would and, be fun. And you, and you get the going to a pub and getting shit-faced that yeah. you would have with Ed. Yeah, and but, Ed Ed would be, like, too focused on that aspect of yeah, it. Yeah. That, like, I feel like it would be hard to hold a conversation with mm-hmm. him. Um, and, oh. then, and, and Gary and those guys are uh, a little much. Also, Saxon. <laughs> yeah, Saxon would be great. Saxon would be great. <laughs> Um, Saxon. All right, so I think that's uh, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, I mean, okay, bye. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> just... thanks for listening to the podcast yeah, this whole time. Sincerely, thank you. Yeah. Um, it was it's it's been so much fun uh, doing the show, and uh, uh, I just hope that everybody enjoyed listening to it, enjoyed hanging out with us, mm-hmm. and talking about these movies in such a, uh, a specific way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Nick and I uh, do have a new podcast that we're going to be doing. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we announced this show in the last episode of um, – well, actually, it wasn't the last episode of Back to the Future Minute. It was earlier than that, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it, I think it was. I think it was specifically an episode of Back to the Future Part Three with Cass and Norman, where we announced oh, wow. it. Yeah, and I, I don't think it was quite to the end of that movie. You know, we already knew. We already knew what it was going to be, um, and we we wanted to announce it. But um, with this, uh, this new show isn't coming until next year. Um, is when it's going to launch, and uh, the point of the show is that it is a um, it is a show that is sort of going to take what we've been doing as a movies by minute podcast on a micro level and take it to a macro level. Mm. Um, so it's it it it's sort of it's a similar concept, I think, but is not quite as hyper focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the title that we've been using uh, is franchiseography, mm-hmm. and we're going to be covering Hollywood's biggest franchises. One movie at a time. Yes, and uh, but and we'll be talking about everything from the histories 
to how they were made, similar mm-hmm. to what we had so much fun doing with Back to the Future Minute. Right. And then talking about the movies themselves. And I think what I'm most interested in is marking the trajectory. Yes. Of how these things can change and fluctuate. Yes. And how they are so beholden to the times that they're being made. Right. Of like, especially the franchises that span like multiple decades. Yes. How they change, how they react to how the last one was received. Right. And yeah, so we're really excited about having a show that's a little bit more accessible than a minute by minute breakdown of the world's end. Right. And that, that, that excites us. Right. But it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited. We keep coming up with like, oh yeah, we get to talk about that too. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, and the, the, the concept of the show, the structure of the show is going to be, it is, it is a series of mini series. Yes. Um, each mini series focused on a particular franchise Mm -hmm. and we have sort of broken the show into seven genres and the way that it's going to work is we, uh, Nick and I, are going to pick a f- franchise from each genre, and then we're going to put all of those franchises up to a vote on Patreon. Uh, and then whatever franchise our patrons choose is going to be the one that we cover. The one that we cover next. Um, and so the genres are action, adventure, horror, comedy, sci-fi, fantasy, superhero. Uh, animation and drama. Superhero, just because that's such a, it, it's not really, it shouldn't be its own genre, but it kind of has become one because yeah. there's so many. Because, like, in the way that Guardians is a superhero movie, but also Blade. Right. And also Deadpool. Right, right. They're all kind of the same, but they're also kind of, have, they could fall into different categories. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to have, like, we wanted to, like, uh, uh, bust that out um, into its own, into its own genre. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so we're going to be talking about, um, let's see. As far as rules go, uh, the franchise has to have at least three movies yes. in the franchise. Um, the franchise um, – uh, oh, if we cover one genre in a series, that means when we put up the next vote, that genre will not be part of the next one because we don't want to do like – Two superhero franchises in a row. Sounds exhausting. Yeah, right. Exactly. We want to mix it up. Yeah, we want to mix it up. Um, and uh, and so our first... Oh, and a couple other rules. Yes. Uh, Back to the Future is off the table. Back to the Future is off the table. The Cornetto trilogy is off the table. Off the table. And the Spider-Man series is off the table. At least the Sam Raimi the trilogy. The Sam Raimi trilogy is off the table. If you want to hear us talk about those, there are... Hundreds. Thousands of episodes. Wow. Yeah. Over the course of all three, uh, I think it, I think I counted, and it's a uh, one thousand seventy four episodes. Wow! Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You're gonna be like the Regis Vulpin of podcasts. It's kind of crazy. Um, so, so, yeah, so those are off the table. But yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll throw in the Amazing Spider Man's right because then cause- if we did Spider Man, that's where we would start. Yeah, is we would we would sort of like vaguely talk about the Spider Man of Sam Raimi movies. They happened, and then move on to directly into the Amazing Spider Man. The 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 craziness that led to Amazing Spider Man, right? Because it's kind of a whale of a tale. It is a little bit. Yeah, it's supposed to be a Twilight kind of like smaller budget thing. True. That's it. <laughs> you already said it. That's, That's all, all you get. <laughs> um. So uh. Yeah. So let's see. So um. We have already selected. The first pool, our fo- our first pool of films uh, or, or franchises that we're going to be co- that we could be covering, yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to throw these up on the Patreon, and these are the ones that the listeners will get to vote on, right? Because you know, uh, podcasting being the way that it is, and the way that we're planning on structuring sort of all of our podcasts going mm-hmm. forward, 
um, we're going to be, especially this and Doctor's Companion, which is our Doctor Who podcast, for those of you who don't know. Though they are a a series of that is a series of miniseries as well, Mm. and so I think the way that we're going to be structuring this is sort of hopping back and forth between the two podcasts in a production standpoint, but releasing them simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, because of the nature of that production schedule, means we're probably going to record it, record our first miniseries before the end of the year, even though it's going to come out next year. So we need to we need to figure out what we're doing. So we we've we've come down to our first sort of pool pool of options all right so here we go so under action adventure the born identity franchise under horror the scream fan franchise under comedy the men in black franchise under sci-fi fantasy the planet of the apes franchise under the superhero superhero genre we have the x-men franchise uh, which would include the wolverine movies and the deadpool movies so pretty pretty massive miniseries that one yeah um, Please the, don't vote for that one. Under the no, under the, really uh, the uh, under <laughs> under the animation uh, genre, we're going Shrek. Yes. So that also includes the uh, Puss in Boots film, mm. and then under drama, the Rocky franchise. Yes, which has no spinoffs. Or yes, yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I guess that is technically. Yeah, I pretty, think of, I guess I think of it more of as legacy sequel than a sure, yeah. than a than a, uh, a spinoff, but I guess yeah, it is it qualifies as a spinoff, but because it directly involved. Right. But it is part of the franchise. Yes. So so um uh the those the Creed films would be um part of the Rocky franchise. And with Shrek, so, we would also be covering the Shrek and the Swamp karaoke dance party. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh 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 Shrek 4D. Shrek 4D. <laughs> uh the Halloween ones. Mhm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. True. Uh, which is a is a good place to talk about what the uh, Patreon. So yeah. so not only if you become a Patreon subscriber for this, not only would you be getting to vote on this stuff. Mm-hmm. You're the only ones who get to vote on it. Um, but you'll also get our Patreon exclusive podcast, which will be called Franchise Potential, which is going to both deal with it'll alternate mm-hmm. between. Uh, uh, sort of supplemental supplemental content. So, like, if we were to cover Ghostbusters, we would talk about the real Ghostbusters mm-hmm. on that, or extreme Ghostbusters, animated shows, maybe the t- video game, TV shows, the video game, or in the case of Shrek, Shrek 4D would be over there mm-hmm. um, because it is it is a, a it is not a film. Um, so it's but it's, it's different, in the canon. But it's in the canon. So we're going to talk about it. That would be half of the podcast. The other half of the podcast. Which is I'm really excited about. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, franchise potential, which is uh, – or the other side of that is we would be talking about movies. So the rule is that we can only – a franchise has to have at least three movies. Right. We're going to talk about the franchises that didn't get that far. Right. The ones that only made it to two or sometimes even one movie. Right. Like Aragon. Tron. Tron. <laughs> the Spiderwick Chronicles. Sure. Uh, I am Car- number. I am number four. I am number four. Yeah, or five. I think. Which are, no, no, it's no, four. I am number four. Yeah. Uh, I am number five. I think would have been the sequel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that never happened. Presumably, uh, John Carter. Yeah, stuff the, like that. The ones that didn't quite make it, or right? The ones that only got two movies in. Exactly. And talk about if this had franchise potential, what would have happened? Right. Where could this have gone? Right. I'm really. I think that's going to be fun. I'm really I, excited. I about think it. it's going to be really fun. Um. Oh, jumper. That's jumper. Good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Push. Yeah. Yes. Push. Jumper. Um. The the superhero movies not based the 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 original IP superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting because like, does Hancock count? I think so. Yeah. Because they wanted to make more. Yeah. No, it definitely okay. counts. Okay. Yeah. 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 Anything that, and I would argue, any movie that could 
have franchise potential. Oh. That was the other aspect of it that you had talked about. What was it? Go ahead. Explain that one. Oh, no, I think you're thinking of something else. I think I'm not thinking of what you're thinking. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought I thought I remember you mentioning the other idea of franchise potential could be uh movies that were not supposed to be franchises and we have to like pitch what Oh yes. Yeah. That was an idea you came up with. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What would you want to explain further? If like if someone were to like pitch us some if someone were to send us a movie to talk about, like remember the Titans. Yeah. Or <laughs> Remember the Titans. Wow, that's your first go to I've seen it a lot of times. All right. Or, or like uncut gems. Um, or I guess like we just did with like Shaun of the Dead, Shaun Hot of the, Fuzz. Yeah, what, what would a sequel be? Right. Or a franchise be? Right. I was just thinking, uh, okay, so you have the Fantastic Four movies. Mm-hmm. Are those two – are those four failed franchises yes. or is it a franchise? No, it's, it's a total franchise. We would be able to cover Fantastic Four. So, we, so yeah, it would be one. No, it would be Roger Corman. Right. The two right. Tim Story ones and then Fan Stick. Yep. Which you just saw. Right. Just like Batman would start with, well, no, but I don't think Batman would start with Batman sixty six. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that because that was qualifies. like a TV spinoff. Yeah, it's a TV spinoff. I think that's different. I think we could probably talk about that on the Patreon sure. in, in franchise potential, you to. but um, I don't think, I don't think it would be. Yeah, I think that I think the movie, the movie franchise starts in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, I think so too. A number, um, another summer. So, so yeah, Sound that's that's uh, a franchiseography is going to be the new uh, main feed podcast. The it, new. Yeah. Podcast on that that you could just subscribe to. Franchise potential will be the Patreon exclusive version mm-hmm. of franchiseography, and uh, we are very excited about launching this podcast. Definitely. We think it's going to be a lot of fun. If you want to vote on which one we're gonna, which miniseries we're gonna cover yeah. it first, and again, the options are: Born, yes, the Born Identity, Scream, yes, Men in Black, yes, Apes. Which I just want to reiterate, we would be starting. In the sixties, yes, we wouldn't. We wouldn't start with Rise. We would go all the way. Yeah, all the way to the end. Cornelius, Zira, Doctor yes. Zaius, and all, on franchise all... potential, we'd have to talk about the TV show. Yeah, the animated yeah. one. No, no, live action. Oh, the live action. One. Oh my god. Yeah. Would we talk about Tim Burton apes? Yes, That's great. That's part of it. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, superhero. We have X Men, which includes the Wolverine trilogy. And the Deadpool series. Yes, and maybe even New Mutants. By the time we get to That's it, that's true. Very Who knows? true. Yeah. Uh, and you have not se- – oh, I just want to say, Scott has never seen the Bourne movies. No. I've never seen Dark Phoenix. You've never seen Dark Phoenix. Yeah. There's a couple of – I don't think I've seen every Apes movie. I have seen every uh, yeah, Apes movie yeah. for sure. I don't think I've seen like the circus one. I also haven't seen Men in Black International. You've never seen Men in Black International. Right? I've seen all of them. Right. I have seen all the Shreks. I have not – I've seen all the Shreks, but I haven't mm. seen Puss in Boots. And we've all seen all the Rockies. Yes, And course. all the Creeds. Of course. And so, yeah. So you, for – the rest of the year, or yeah. at least for a few months, we're going to leave that up on Patreon mm-hmm. and uh, become a subscriber today and you get all kinds of cool stuff, but then you'll be able to vote on what our first season of the show is going to be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really exciting. Franchiseography. To be honest, like I'm, I'm so freaking grateful for everyone that listened to all three of these seasons. Yeah. But like the idea of doing something with a bit wider of appeal. Yeah. Is really exciting to us. Yeah. 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 Maybe people that like cooled off after back to the future minute. And, and just the idea of, of being able to like move on from something a little faster. Yeah. I mean, granted X-Men is huge. There's actually a few on here that are huge. Born is four movies, five movies, five, five movies. Scream is four Soon, Soon to, to be, be five. five. And, and, oh, that's the other rule. Yeah. That's the other rule is once we cover a franchise, yeah. anytime a new entry in that franchise is released, 
we review it like within the first week of its release. We have to talk about it. Right. Um, so that's another part of it. There's also, I was going to say, uh, the Scream TV series. You, can, you, you might finally have to watch. Yeah, but that'll be on franchise potential. Yes. Yes. Patreon exclusive. Because um, it's not, I don't think it's canon. It's not canon. No. At least, I hope it's season three they find a way to make it canon. <laughs> um, I, well, the Ghostface mask is, real, is back in the third season. Oh, the real one. Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Um, uh, so, Kiki Palmer's on so, it. So, so let's see. So Born is five films. Scream is four, mm-hmm. soon to be five films. Men in Black is four films. Mm-hmm. Apes is uh so you five got... six seven eight nine. nine films okay somehow smaller than the x-men series nine films x-men is three six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve films shrek is five films if you include puss and in boots, boots which we are and rocky is six seven eight films okay so all these pretty pretty uh, decent size decent size there's yeah. no trilogies in there no no trilogies. Um, oh, and uh, also something that Scott was really excited about. Uh, and me too, but it, it was something that Scott brought up early on was uh, we want the show to have guests. Yes. Very guest heavy. Right. We want it to be a guest heavy show um, where, you know, uh, the majority of episodes feature a guest. Um, and I think the only – well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know which ones wouldn't have guests, honestly. Um, it's going to be interesting what we start with. Mm-hmm. Which franchise we end up starting with, because I think that will be a really interesting barometer as to like <laughs> what they want us to talk about, what they want us to talk about, and also like how do we book guests for this show versus ones that we're going to do on our own, mm-hmm. if any. Yeah, but, but like obviously the first episode needs to be just us, right? So that people get the temperature. Sure. I mean, unless, unless we can think of like a really cool guest to yeah. kick us off, depending on what the movie is. Right. Right. But that still feels weird. It still feels kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I think you want to start a show with just the hosts, mm-hmm. and then you bring on a guest so that they the listener has like a reference point. Right. Okay, right. this is what it's like when it's just the two of them. Right, right. And we'll probably get that 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 feed launched. Um, you know, trying to work on a logo and everything. And then once we have the artwork and everything, we're gonna get the feed launched. Um, later this year, we'll record a pilot of some sort. Um, to to get the feed going. And we will probably release that here on this feed along with the first episode. So if you're curious about the show, but you know, are, are think like, oh, I'll probably forget about it by next year. Just don't un- unsubscribe from this th- feed, yeah. and you'll at least get the first episode to remind you. Oh, I should go subscribe to that yeah. now. What the hell is this nonsense word on my phone? Franchiseography. Right. Yeah. Oh right. Oh yeah. Right. 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 They had a new show. It's one bird by. It's one word by the way. I tested it out both ways. The hyphen looked weird to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, after you said that, I, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> um, and the other, the other aspect, the other reason you should hold on to this feed is because we are going to record commentary tracks for the Cornetto trilogy um, at some point, either by the end of this year or first quarter next year. Yeah. Um, just to sort of have our final say on these films and, and uh, give you guys another reason to hold on to this feed before uh, uh, franchiseography premieres and, uh, and also probably to promote franchiseography. So probably next year is, is when we'll, yeah. we'll do it. We still have to do the back to the future ones. Yes, that's true. Um, if you unsubscribe to the back to the future uh, podcast, resubscribe because we are going to be doing um, five year anniversary, five year of the podcast anniversary uh, commentaries for all three films. Um, uh, over the course of the last few months of this year, so it's been five years. Yeah, the so, lifespan of Kylo Ren. <laughs> it's true. 
It's very true. Pre-Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. We started this pre-Force Awakens. We ended it post-Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Crazy. Uh, and the world is a better place now because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. He sacrificed himself for all of us. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, that's all. Uh, if you want to become a Patreon supporter and, and vote on the, the first miniseries on franchiseography, duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, appreciate everyone who does that and who has done that over the course of this podcast, uh, especially considering we didn't really have any bonus content no. for you guys. Like we did that little uh, Fast and the Furious miniseries, which is what inspired franchiseography to begin with. Very true, yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, um, that's kind of all all we did. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, whenever like I saw somebody who was like into Cornetto. Becoming a a, pod, a Patreon subscriber. I was God like, bless you. Wow, that's a that's awesome. Thank you so Unless much. You don't believe in a higher power. Yeah, in which yeah. Case, Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening to the Cornetto Minute, and we will talk to you again uh, early next year with the commentaries for these mm-hmm. films, and then on over on franchiseography. Hopefully, if you uh, decide to switch feeds with us. Hope yeah. you do. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. 